0: I'm Renee Von Medding. Welcome to Disordered, a podcast about food, our relationship with our bodies, and learning to live and love yourself again. I am not an expert in eating disorders, but I am someone who has lived with one for almost two decades. I'm not here to give medical advice, but simply to try and unpick some of the complexity of disordered eating through a series of conversations I will have with people who are speaking from firsthand experience. Disordered eating will impact each and every one of us at some point in our lives. I want to delve deeper. At what point does disordered eating become an eating disorder? Through looking closer at the spectrum of these mental illnesses, I hope that you will be challenged in your own view of what an eating disorder looks like. So here we are. I can't believe it, but it is our final episode of the first series of Disordered, the podcast. And wow, what, what a few months it has been. Honestly, I can't even quite tell you what a journey this has been for me unexpectedly. Um, we started talking about the concept for this podcast at the end of last summer. And then we began recording in the autumn. And I knew that it was going to be, you know, a real journey for me, being the topic that it is, but I didn't realize quite how challenged I would be, I guess, and just how much learning I had to do, and how much growing I had to do, and how much healing I had to do, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to have, to have done this and to continue to do this. I'm so grateful, you know, so as we come to the end of this season, I can't help but reflect on the massive learning we have all done. And I say we, the team here at Tall Tales and the team who worked on Disorder at the Podcast, but also you the listener um you know the learning that we have all done together so one of the things I wanted to reflect on is something that maybe is going to be a little bit controversial and maybe it's something that you are not going to agree with me on and that's okay um and honestly it's something that has been really hard for me to accept and up until recently I would have argued to the death that this was not true. Um, but I've kind of accepted it now, okay? And you're probably all wondering what I'm talking about. So, sizeism is when you judge a person based on their size. And... It has been really hard for me to admit that I do this, really hard. And I want to say that I accept all people regardless of how they look, what their size is, and in theory I absolutely do, and that is what I want to do. But really, it's been ingrained in me from a very young age, and I think it's been ingrained in us all, that... A certain size is desirable, a certain size is healthy, a certain size is what we should be, what we need to be. It's been ingrained in all of us. And I know I make those split second judgments, I still do. The difference now is that I have come to a place where I'm recognizing that I'm making these assumptions about people or these judgments on people. And I'm at a place now where I can challenge those thoughts. And even a few months ago, I, I, I wouldn't really have recognized that about myself. And I probably would have gotten quite defensive if someone had called me out on it. But now I'm calling myself out on it. And if I have a thought, I'm taking the responsibility to do something about that thought. You know, somehow, somehow our society has managed to ingrain in us that a person who is a certain size is a good person and a certain who is another certain size is a bad person. But the fact is that that is simply not true. Size does not determine your worth. It does not determine your value. It does not determine who you are as a person. It actually has nothing to do with who you are as a person. So... I, for one, am calling that out. And I am not okay with a society that judges based on size. And I am at a point now that I want to do something about that. You know, and it's something that I believe that everyone should challenge themselves on. You know, is this something that you do? Do you judge people based on size? And look, it's okay if you're not in the place where you're ready to kind of Have that conversation with yourself. It's okay because a few months ago I would not have been okay to have this conversation with myself. I would not have been ready to admit it and that's okay. Um, But you know our thoughts they become our beliefs you know. And in order to move away from you know this messaging that size equals value that change has to start somewhere and I believe that that change starts with us you know you know a person's aesthetic does not define their value as a human being and their place in the world Um, and this quote really just sums it up for me watch your thoughts they become your words watch your words they become your actions Watch your actions, they become your habits. Watch your habits, they become your character. Watch your character, it becomes your destiny. Throughout this series, we've talked about how to help a loved one who may be experiencing eating distress or an eating disorder. There is no one right way to approach this, and we have seen many different tactics for trying to support a person you love who is struggling. So I guess everyone approaches this differently and that's been really clear to see through all the different conversations that we've had. Um, There are some commonalities in how people approach it and then there are some differences. And we haven't explored all the ways in which to help people who are struggling. And it's really important for me to say that there is no one right way. But I suppose having lots of tools and options and strategies for coping uh, for different situations and different personalities is really beneficial. Um, For me, it was amazing to hear from people who maybe are struggling currently and, you know, hearing what they felt maybe was something that would be most beneficial to them. And really, it's something that I've asked every single guest I've had. And most of the answers are kind of along the same vein of, you know, don't ignore the problem. It's not going to go away. It's not going to get better. Um, Eating disorders and eating distress do not simply vanish. They have evolved or developed for a reason, you know, and... A person who is experiencing an eating disorder or eating distress is doing so as a way of coping with something else and um, it's not just going to go away. So, you know, it's really important for family members not to just say, oh, well, they'll grow out of it because the chances are they won't. Uh, The second thing is to always approach it with kindness It's very easy when you're dealing with eating disorder behaviors to become angered by it because it is frustrating and it is something that, you know, I can see people who get so frustrated by the whole thing and they're like, could you just get a hold of yourself? Could you not just be normal? So to understand you know, that you need to approach it with kindness, I think is huge. And that kind of ties into the idea of educating yourself, which is also another really important strategy in supporting a loved one who is suffering from an eating disorder or eating distress. If you are not educated on what they are suffering from, how can you possibly um, think that you can be the support that they need. You need to understand how it works. You need to understand why it has happened. And you need to understand the process by which they can fully recover. Um, So education is key. Another really important way of supporting your person is... Not by accusing them, but also being firm, you know, calling it out, but not in a confrontational way. Um, Eating disorders are secretive and they lie and they like to hide in the shadows and they don't like to be called out. And it can be a very uncomfortable conversation to have. But if you are coming from a place of compassion and love and understanding and um, just Love. If you are coming from a place of love, um, I believe that that is the support that people need. Talking a little bit about how to help yourself. Um, look, it is it's it's hard to take those first steps to help yourself. But I think if you are listening to this podcast and you are you you have related with With anything that we have talked about. And you are in a place where you can recognize. That there is an issue. And you can recognize. That perhaps. Your behaviors are not. Serving you. They're not benefiting you. Your behaviors are. Are holding you back from living a life of freedom. If you can recognize that. Then I believe you are in a place where you are ready to take steps towards recovery one really important tool in anyone's recovery is kind of tracking your thoughts and tracking your feelings and writing them down so something as simple as purchasing a journal and writing in that journal every single day will be a really important tool in understanding how your journey is developing. Um, I have always said that therapy is what saved me and I was really lucky in that I was able to access um, free therapy through the public system and I was really lucky in that I was able to do that. And I often hear people say that they can't get better because they can't access free therapy and they can't afford to pay for private therapy. And I get that. I understand that therapy is expensive. One-on-one therapy is expensive and, and most people just simply cannot afford that. But please do not let that be a barrier to, to you making steps towards your own recovery because there are low cost and no cost options out there um there are cheaper options like group therapy and there are many group therapy sessions available in ireland that are either low cost or no cost and one of those is through Merino therapy center who i cannot recommend enough honestly i wish i had known about them when i was going through um those really difficult periods of my life and anyone who is listening to this who is struggling whether you are personally struggling or you have a person who is struggling please reach out to them they have a variety of options to suit everybody um, including a very low cost group therapy session and they are believers in full recovery and full freedom and You know, so I, while I recognize that it is hard sometimes to access help, it is not impossible and there is help available. And I would, I would really urge you if you're in that place and you're ready to make those steps, um, just to consider reaching out to them. Recovery has been one of the most talked about topics of the season. Many of our guests believe that recovery is something that is not truly possible, while others believe that it is. Recovery is commonly defined as the process of getting better from an illness or otherwise returning to a state of physical and mental health. So, recovery. Hmm. I very much came into this process and this um, podcast with the belief that as an addict, as someone with an eating disorder, that it is something that I will have to live with forever. And you know, that's what I've been told. That's what we've all been told. You know, that is the messaging that we hear. We are told that people with eating disorders We'll always have to live with it and it's just something that we have to get through. Okay, that's what we've been told. And it's something that I talked to extensively with every single person that has been in here. And every person had a different story and a kind of different belief system about what recovery was and what that looked like for them. And some people were in a really positive place in that journey and others were in a really negative space. But beneath the surface of every single person I talked to, I felt like there was something else, you know? And it's this idea of daring to hope, daring to believe that things can be entirely different than this personal hell we've constructed for ourselves you know and it's daring to get past that fear that fear of of letting go of your behaviors letting go of this safety net that we we have kept for ourselves letting go of this identity that is tied up in these unhealthy behaviors and routines letting go of your eating disorder and then in turn daring to hope for a different existence daring to be brave enough to fail daring to be vulnerable so what does recovery mean to you what does full recovery mean to you I actually don't know what that is because I haven't got there yet. And I am recognizing that. I came into this process thinking I am recovered, but I will never be fully recovered. I came into this process thinking I will always have these thoughts. I will always have to fight against that bully in my head. I will always have. ED as an identity okay but now I'm actually at a point where I'm like but why but why can't I be better but why can't I move past this but why can't I live a life of full freedom and I think sometimes people can say that they're recovered but Similar to me, perhaps you are still struggling and holding on to that persona of the ED and that person that you were before and holding on to that perhaps gives you this idea of safety. But what if, what if you could Get better. Completely. What then? Is it worth letting go of that idea of safety in order to live a life free of that bully in your head? And I'm kind of now at a point where I am considering that people can actually get to whatever level of recovery that they want to. There is no one person who is beyond help and who just will never recover. There is no one person. Um, that is up to us individually. That is up for us to choose. You know, and at some point you have to choose. Do you want to live a life free from Ed, You know, and I think that means calling it out and being honest with yourself. And look, I know that sometimes the hardest person to be honest with is yourself. But if you can't be honest with yourself, then how can you possibly be honest with anyone else in your life? You know, and I don't have the answers. I don't know what full recovery looks like but I do know that we cannot sit back and just simply keep complaining you know it is not enough to just shout about it anymore we actually have to give people something to move towards We can talk about the lack of hospital beds, we can talk about the systematic failings that exist within our mental health services, but what is it that we are asking for? What is it that we need? How will we move towards a society where eating disorders and eating distress are treated early and that people are given the tools to fully recover? We don't need band-aids, like the whole system needs to change. So where do we begin? I'm a big believer in shedding light on issues that are important. I'm a big believer in telling our stories. But I'm also a big believer in action. Why would we simply talk about how awful things are without actually coming up with a plan of action to do something about it? There have been many lessons we have all learned through this podcast, and one of the biggest ones is to do with the honesty of your healing. So when I started this podcast, I wasn't aware of this, but I was actually in a really negative headspace from the point of view that I desperately wanted the world to know how hard life with an eating disorder is. And that's true. It is very hard, you know, and I was incredibly protective of this topic and this podcast And I very much wanted to control the narrative and was really quick to put up my guard. I sort of felt like only I could really have an opinion on eating disorders because after all, I was the one who had lost so much of my life to it. You know, and I kind of felt like only people who actually have been in it could talk about it but thankfully um and I'm very grateful for this I was really called out on it in a in an incredibly caring way by my production team and they challenged me to ask myself some really difficult questions like why why did I want to put out a particular message and why did I want to put it out in this way like why was I so concerned with focusing on the negativity like why was I playing small I wanted to play the victim instead of wanting the change and I'll be honest it took me a minute to actually hear that you know and if I wasn't challenged In those areas, this podcast would have been a different podcast. So I think it's really important that when you are still struggling and still have so much healing to do, that you are incredibly careful of the message that you are putting out there. When we are healing, we need the space and privacy to challenge our thoughts make mistakes and get to the core of what our personal recovery looks like. EDs are clever, they're powerful and they can allow you to believe that you are healing when in fact, current behaviors could be fueling and masking your mental illness. It's really as simple as this. If, if you haven't healed yourself, There is only so much awareness you can raise. If you are still in the midst of your recovery, I would, with so much compassion, ask you to step back from anything that does not serve your healing. Recovery means putting yourself first, ahead of any other agendas that your ED might have. As we finish up Season 1 of Disordered, the Podcast... As a team, we have decided to take a small break over the coming months so we can allow the lessons to seep in. What is the point of sharing all this information if we do not take the time to process it? We aren't just saying this. We want to practice what we preach. On a personal level, I feel like I am kind of a different person than I was a few months ago. I honestly can't even begin to tell you how much I have learned through these conversations I've had through the learning I have done um and that's going to take a while to kind of get through and I still have things I'm working on and I have I have a ways to go and I have people in my life who are supporting me as I as I do that, as I learn and grow and make steps towards what could be full freedom for me. And I would encourage you to do the same. Take the time to reflect on what you've learned through listening to this series and make sure that you have your people around you as you do that because learning these things and 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 taking those steps towards freedom is difficult and and you need to have your support system around you as you do that but before I go I wanted to take a moment to thank all of my amazing guests who have each shared such personal stories And I want you to know how much you have helped those who are listening. I also wanted to thank you, the listener, for tuning in every week and for sharing your feedback with me. Honestly, it's actually quite overwhelming to know that this podcast has been helping you. And honestly, that's all I ever could have hoped for. I only wish that I had had access to... Something like this when I was going through this as a teenager and a young adult. Um, And I'm really grateful to everybody who has made this what it is. This podcast is for you. And it is so important to me and to all of us here that we move forward with you in mind. And in order to do that, we need to know what has been helpful to you. So please, if you have any feedback, any comments, any questions, please get in touch. Send us a few lines and help us to move forward onto the next chapter of Disordered the Podcast. What would you like to see next season? You can email us on podcast at talltales.ie. Two more things before I go. I wanted to extend a huge thank you to the team at Tall Tales for... Creating this podcast with me, I think it's been hugely important and very necessary in our current climate, and in particular to my producer and my friend, Fergal Curtis, who, without his support and encouragement and love, this podcast simply would not exist. And finally, to my wife, Audrey, and our girls, Ava and Aria. Everything I do is for you, and nothing I do would be possible without you. Love you. If you need medical advice, please speak to a professional. You can contact BodyWise, the national charity for eating disorders in Ireland, on 01 210 7906. Or you can get in touch with the Merino Therapy Centre, specialists in eating disorder recovery, through their website on www.merinotherapycentre.com. Thank you again for listening, and I hope that this conversation has been helpful to you in some way. I'm Renee von Medding, and this has been Disordered.